The tools are right in front of us. All it takes is a moment of pause to listen and to understand exactly what our bodies are communicating to us. That stress and overwhelm and burnout do not have to be the end solution. Are you tired of feeling overwhelmed, burnt out, feeling stressed, pulled in every direction, constantly comparing yourself to other people, lacking in confidence, all while driving in the express lanes to make it to the next part of your day as you chug your second or third cup of coffee? Not to mention, you are the queen of long-winded to-do lists with an ambitious dream. If only you had more time in your day. Welcome to The Best Day Podcast the podcast to encourage your heart and speak life to your dreams. I'm your host, Haley, wife, mama, high school teacher, and encouragement blogger at Graceful and Free. For the last several years, I struggled to find a healthy work-life balance. I was overcommitted, refused to say no, and worked a lot, sacrificing my sleep and my joy just to hustle harder, all while feeling extremely stressed and overwhelmed. Then I became a mom and I knew something had to give. Through embracing a positive mindset, I have found balance, established boundaries to protect my peace so that I can live every day as the best version of myself. Here to embrace an intentional life, believing that the ordinary can be the extraordinary, and to make sure your heart knows that every day is truly capable of being the best day. Ready to have your best day as the best version of yourself? Well, friend, grab your iced coffee and let's get encouraged. You are listening to episode 136 of the Best Day Podcast. You are in for a real treat today. I am so excited to introduce you to Michelle Grosser and listen in as we chat all things nervous system health. Michelle is an attorney, pastor, nervous system expert, certified master life coach, and host of the Calm Mom Podcast. Through somatic and neuroscience-based modalities, she coaches women through discovering what's beneath their triggers and emotions so they can learn and begin their healing journey to find peace in the present. She deeply believes that the most profound thing we can offer our children is our own healing. She and her husband, Jeff, have two daughters and live in Miami, Florida. This was such a fun episode to record, and I learned so much, which I truly hope you are able to take with you and gain valuable insight from this conversation, as I was able to as well. As we were sitting and talking, I was just blown away as I just kept learning more and more about things that are pretty simple when you think about it with all things nervous system. So Michelle and I talk about the importance of living a life with curiosity, specifically towards our nervous system and our health how to actually listen more closely to our bodies to figure out what they're trying to tell us. From there, Michelle shares the essential tips of taking better care of your nervous system in order to live a more stress-free life and avoid burnout, especially as we try to balance all the things as busy working moms. I'm so excited for you to hear this game-changing episode and feel encouraged along the way. Welcome to the Best Day Podcast, Michelle. I am so excited to have you here. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here too. I was telling my husband about you and I was like, okay, so she has this podcast. It's called the Calm Mom Podcast. And 
we're doing a guest interview and I'm so excited. And he goes, hmm, that sounds like a really good podcast you should start listening to. I said, oh, thank you, sweetheart. (laughs) Yeah. We had one of those weekends, those more challenging weekends the past week. And I was like, oh, wow. You trying to tell me something? (laughs) I hear that. I actually, it's funny you say that because myself and my team, we like actually really struggled with that name before we chose it because I just didn't want to be part of this narrative, I guess, or this pressure for moms to feel like they have to be calm all the time because that's impossible, right? Um, So I love that you bring that up as we start because yes, it's called The Calm Mom. And we talk a lot about how trying to stay calm all the time. Actually, not only is it not possible, but it's actually not even a good healthy goal, right? Because we're meant to experience the full range of emotions and motherhood and life can be really frustrating sometimes and triggering and upsetting and all the things. Um, So sometimes we're calm moms and sometimes we're not, and that's okay. I love that. I think that's so good. I was listening to one of your most recent episodes um, on my way to work this morning, and I was really excited because it was the episode on the five morning mistakes that you're making in your morning routine, which I'm guilty on all of them, all, all five. Um, but what I loved about what you brought to your listeners in your episode was not just the routine and the habit and do this, but the actual like science behind it, which I thought was really cool for somebody who I'm a social studies teacher, right? Like I'm like science. And so to hear a very practical approach about you know, the nervous system and like what your body is actually doing in moments when you're experiencing all the things was really cool. And I was like, oh man, okay, this is a lot of really good wisdom here. And so I just love what you had to share and it made me even more excited for having you here today to talk all things about, you know, how do we take that information and actually apply it to our lives. So that way we can be calm, but also we can just be fully present. And as you say, a lot be fully healed in the same time. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. So taking all of that information, understanding some of the context and the why and how it works and then applying it, right? That's, that's how we change and grow. I love it. I love it. So real quick, tell my listeners a little bit about you and what brings you joy in life? Sure. So I um, am wearing a lot of hats in this season of life. So I'm a mom of two. I have five and six-year-old girls. I'm married. My husband, Jeff, and I have been living in Miami now for the last, I don't know, 17, 18 years. Um, I am an attorney by day, so I practice law. I've been um, doing that for about, I don't know, 12 or so years um, down here in Florida. And then for the past... I don't know, five or six years, um, I've really become passionate about our nervous system. And it all started after um, my daughters were born and I found myself as a working mom in really deep burnout and struggling to figure out what was going on, why was I feeling how I was feeling, um, experiencing things I had never experienced before, anxiety and overwhelm and all these different physical symptoms. Um, with my skin and my hair and my gut health and just a lot of exhaustion and not really sure like is this just new mom life or is this something deeper than that right and I um, worked with you know a functional medicine practitioner and 
I got all my labs run and I saw so many doctors and everyone was kind of telling me that I was within normal range on all of these different things, um, which I'm sure, you know, a lot of us can relate to if we felt often been told that. Um, and it almost feels like you're being gaslit because you know that there's something off. So I hired a coach and I um, really came to see that the common thread underlying everything I was experiencing was dysregulation in my nervous system. So that caused me to go on a deep dive um, and become certified as a master life coach and certified as a, a nervous system fitness expert. And now I'm spending most of my time on the call mom and coaching women um, really on how to use nervous system balancing exercises and tools to help manage their anxiety, overwhelm, and burnout. I love that. I love that you also wear so many different hats and know the the joy, but also the struggle that, you know, working as a mom can be and all the different pull and tugs on your heart and how to try to show up in each moment and just be like, okay, hold on which part of me do I need to like activate right now in this moment to be fully present? And what parts of me do I need to just push to the side in this moment? And so what a cool journey to experience and to ask questions. And I know just how hard that can be too, to like be saying like, no, something's wrong. It's something is wrong. And just to be told, no, everything looks fine according to the numbers. It's like, no, you don't understand. And so that's definitely something so many of us can relate to. And so how cool to, Find that and find your, you know, solution, but also take that and pour that out to others. So that's super cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's been really, really rewarding. I, I love it. I'm obsessed. That's great. Love it. I, I love, again, too, just, I was doing a little bit of stalking. I wouldn't say stalking. That's not the best word. Um, I was just looking at all your stuff. I was looking at your website and, you know, all your little offers. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. And because, you know, I think sometimes when you're in the podcasting space, you love to listen to podcasts. It's mm-hmm. like, you're just like, okay, like I'm a binge podcast listener. And you like find somebody you're like, yes, okay. And then, oh, this is another one. And it's so great. And you fill your minds with all these things. It can be overwhelming, yeah. but it really was a breath of fresh air to just see how simply you shared the things we're all looking for, yeah. but with a very practical approach of listen to your body, hmm. figure out what it's telling you, because it is telling us lots of things. We just don't listen or don't know how to listen or how to respond. And we think it's something else. And so that's just, that's cool. I'm a fan. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you. I'm grateful. So what was the biggest truth that you found in unpacking just this new world with like nervous system. I was dealing with a migraine last night. And so at work this morning, I had like the leftover nausea of like a migraine and I'm texting my husband and I was listening to your episode this morning. And so he goes, are you okay? I was like, yeah, I just think it was a lot of stress on my nervous system. And he goes, what do you mean? Stress on your nervous system? I was like, yeah, we can talk about it later, but there was just a lot of stress on it. <laughs> My body's reacting this way. <laughs> so what would you say is like the first thing to do to like find that connection? If you're like, I don't even know what we're talking about here. Yeah. Yeah. So 
so you're absolutely right. Our body's always communicating with us in so many different ways. So we call that those are somatic cues. Um, and most of us either miss those cues because we're just moving so fast that we don't even notice, right? Or we're so quick to notice them and then slap a Band-Aid on them, like take an Advil or, you know, whatever it is um, to kind of suppress the communication that's trying to come through. Um, or we're just so disconnected, right? That we're like, we're, we, we just have maybe experienced some of these symptoms for so long that we're not even aware that there's something deeper going on. Something like migraines would be really common in that category. So the first thing is really just to start noticing what's going on in your body right? Just becoming present to the sensations of your body. Um, so even just sitting for a couple minutes and doing a body scan, starting from the top to bottom, just to get in the practice of like, wow, I'm holding like so much tension around my eyes or in my jaw or in my neck or in my shoulders, or wow, my gut like feels like it's on fire today, or it feels like there's a weight in my chest. And I just feel like I'm taking really shallow breaths today, but I didn't even really notice it until now. My legs, my limbs feel really jittery today, but I didn't really notice it until now. So that's really the first step is just growing in your awareness of what's going on in your body, the sensations in your body. And then the next step, once you have an awareness of those sensations, is really to just grow in curiosity. So just get curious about what might be going on there, right? And it doesn't it's not like some woo-woo thing where you have to sit there and be like, okay, like, what is this migraine trying to tell me? Tell me, yeah. to me. <laughs> we already know. That's the thing. Like when I coach clients and I'm like, wow, like you are holding so much tension in your shoulders today. And, you know, they'll, they'll have expressed that to me. Like what's going on there? And they're like, oh man, like whatever. I got in a fight with my husband yesterday or like there's this really stressful thing going on with my kid's school. And I know what happens is that our body is just bracing itself for whatever that threat is that feels uncomfortable or unsafe or whatever it is. So there's obviously a response in our body to that sense of bracing. We hold all of this tension. Um, so just getting curious, man, like what could be going on there? Something like, maybe not a migraine, but something like a headache. It's like, when was the last time you ate? When was the last time you drank water? How much caffeine have you had today? Like just very common, basic things can actually be um, such a relief when we just slow down and try to get to the root of what's going on. So that's where I'd start. If you're not sure what's going on in your body, just start to become aware and then start to become curious. I love that. And I love too, when you take the time to sit and to just tune everything out for just 30 seconds, 45 seconds to just check in with yourself. It also is such a powerful way to ground you in that moment and just, okay, let me take a deep breath. Let me think about where I am. Let me unlock my senses. Let me calm down a little bit. Let me just remind myself that, hey, I'm here. I'm okay. And it's a really cool way to shift things into perspective because when you take that time and slow things down, it really allows you to just see the situation in a different light. And oftentimes things aren't as bad or you can find that clarity and see a solution by just slowing down in that moment. Yeah. And a couple things. One, you also, we don't also don't have to overcomplicate this. Like this is something that you can do while you're driving, while you're like, it can just, it can be done subtly anywhere that you are. And then the second thing, the second part of that too, is that, um, just the act of orienting, just the act of using your senses, like you were saying, just the act of slowing down for a few moments is in and of, is in and of itself 
super calming for your nervous system. So you're getting like the double, right? You're getting one, I'm getting the awareness of what's going on. And I'm also bringing regulation to my system. I love that. It's two things happening at once that can really give you that, that moment of pause, but then also like, okay, let's go forward with it. And I love what you said about be curious because I just, I think there's such a cool position of our minds when we can be curious and, Last year, my word of the year was to wonder, like just wonder, like what if, like wonder in any different direction just to see like what could happen. And that's something that we as, you know, children used to do all the time, like, oh, like so curious. But then we lose that sense of wonder. We lose that curiosity the older we get. And that's one of the cool things, you know, my son's two and a half. And so to see the questions he wants to know, everything, why, 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 why to everything right now? last night. I love you, buddy. Why? I'm like, oh dear. Okay. (laughs) Okay. If you really want to know, I'll tell you. But that's something I think in so many different areas, like when we want to dream, when we want to, you know, figure out why we feel the way, but also physically get curious about why things feel the way they do. And what's, what that's telling us is really powerful. I love that. I love that. Wonder is is powerful. And I think especially as we grow up and especially as we start to kind of adopt and wear the things that society puts on us, it can be easy to lose wonder, right? And grow in cynicism or grow in like this kind of grumbling spirit. Um, so to be able to really resource that childlike part of us and see the world in a state of, from a state of wonder, that's beautiful. I love it. I love it having that sense of wonder in so many different areas of our life, whether that's with our dreams or with what we want to be curious about, but also with our physical body and trying to figure out, okay, what's going on here? What is that telling me about myself and the situation I'm in is really cool. So yes, let's never lose that sense of wonder and always be curious. Mm -hmm. Yeah. With the way the world works, why, you know, why, how, but also a lot of things that I think we've just taken as true, right? We can get curious about the sensations in our body, but we can also get curious about our emotions and our moods and our patterns and the same for our children and our spouses and, you know, just really what makes the world, what makes people tick. I think that's a powerful way to approach things. Yeah. And definitely thinking about it from like a mother perspective and all the emotions we witness our children go through and their reactions and their big reactions and their small reactions and their unexpected (laughs) reactions. It's, you would think as moms, we would be more in tune to it because we're constantly dealing with it. We're constantly watching as like the littlest of things can turn into something big. But then when it comes down to ourself and us talking about the things happening to us, we just expect ourselves to just keep moving forward not let it stop or bother us. We'll, we'll be fine. We'll move through it. And it's like, no, we, we, we're not two and a half, but (laughs) we still are human with a mind and a heart and physical needs that have to be cared for. Yeah, that's right. Everything we do is in service of an unmet need, right? Every, every human being, every single thing that we do, um, every, every request that we make, every need that we, um, express, um, whether overtly or not, um, everything that we do from the moment we wake up, it's all in service of an unmet need. So yeah, definitely. That's so awesome. Okay. So we start off with 
taking a little inventory of our physical needs, seeing what our body is doing. And then we get curious and we go from there and we figure out what's next and what is this telling me? What do you start doing when you start to realize the patterns, the connections, you find those commonalities of, okay, I'm always getting stressed at this moment. Mm. I'm always feeling this way during this time of the day or when this is happening, how do you, how do you fix it? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think having just an understanding, a little bit of an understanding about how our nervous system works can be really helpful, right? Because sometimes just understanding how something works can bring us some um, peace. So the first thing is that, you know, our nervous system is our body's command center, right? Everything that we think and say and do is all controlled and all rooted in the state of our nervous system. And our nervous system essentially has three circuits. So understanding at any point what circuit we're operating in can then give us a map, right? To get to where we want to go. We have to understand where we are and then we can have a plan of action to get to where we want to go. So when we are feeling really anxious or angry or activated, that's called a sympathetic state. We're in our sympathetic nervous system. So that's our fight or flight. We've probably all heard that or felt that, right? That energy when we're in fight or flight, that's a sympathetic state. And there's two different parasympathetic states. So one that we usually call being in a regulated state, right? That calm, present, anchored, rest and digest state. And then there's also another state where the brake is kind of being pushed really hard um, to the other extreme, right? Our dorsal vagal state. And that is a state where we're feeling burnt out or disconnected or dissociated or numbed out. We might find that we spend a lot of time watching Netflix or scrolling our phone or, you know, we've all done it, right? We open the fridge and we're like, what, what am I, like, what was I getting here? Or our kids are like, mom. And we're like, huh, what? Like we were just somewhere else, right? So when we can catch and understand, okay, I'm in a fight or flight state because I'm feeling really anxious and activated today. Or wow, like what's going on? I'm feeling really disconnected and kind of dissociated and spacing out today. Then we can have tools from that space to, to bring us back into regulation. So there are in the moment tools that all of us can use. Um, and I, and I can teach on those and, and, and speak of about some of them. Um, but at the end of the day, if we are relying on those tools, they really do become kind of like a crutch, right? We want to understand why we are in a dysregulated state to begin with. So that's dealing with a lot of the deeper stuff, right? That's our childhood things. That's our traumas. That's not understanding or knowing what to do with our own emotions and suppressing them. Um, though that, it, you know, all of the different ways in which uh, we, we, we over time have not supported nervous system health that then thrust us into these states of dysregulation and we're like, why am I feeling so stressed out today? Or why am I feeling whatever it is? Um, so we want to have foundational practices that support nervous system health. And then we also want to have tools that we can use in the moment because certainly there are times where we find ourselves in a dysregulated state and want to, we don't want to be stuck there. Yeah, definitely. Oh, I like that. You got to go way back. You got to dig at the roots. <laughs> you can't just focus on the moment right now, but you got to really do some work with the foundation to see, okay, but wait a minute, where does this thought come from? Why are you resorting to this behavior? Why are you, you know, sitting in this place? 
And you're right. It's something from when we were growing and developing and it's little voices that we keep not even knowing that we're telling ourselves that we're telling ourselves. And so that's really cool. And I think something with burnout is really something that we all feel. And it's something that I think we don't recognize it until it's past (laughs) the point when we reach breaking point and we reach the emotional moment where nothing is actually going wrong in that moment, but it's not going the way you expect it to or the way you think it should. And you just, you lose it and you unravel and derail so quickly and start spinning. And so I think what's really cool with hearing all of this is, okay, like we can do daily things. We can do things that we, you know, focus on, turn to, to check in, to make sure we don't get to that place so we can find solutions and take our behaviors and say, okay, wait a minute, what should I change here? Yes. The fact that you want to wear all these hats, that's great. Do it. But how can we change it so that way you don't reach burnout and you can still feel full and fulfilled and like, you know, your best self, but how do we do it in the healthiest way? And I think looking at our nervous system as like a friend, as somebody to support, just as you would training your muscles and training like your mindset, but actually like working with it, I think is, is really cool. Yeah. So our, so chronic stress is what leads to burnout, right? Um, chronic stress, because there's a difference between experiencing a stressor and then the stress that it causes on our body, right? On our nervous system. So we experience stressors all the time. Um, but whether the stress that it has caused on our body actually completes the stress cycle and then releases is another thing. So when we are constantly in a state of fight or flight, when we are experiencing stressors now, right, in the 21st century, raising kids as working moms, pretty much experiencing stress 24-7, um, it's really easy for us to get caught in that state of fight or flight and not complete the stress cycle. So the way that we were designed to operate, right? Imagine through our evolution, we're being chased by like a lion or something, right? There's a stressor. And then we are then thrust into fight or flight and our body releases chemicals to help mobilize us, things like cortisol and adrenaline. And then we do, we either fight or flee and we escape the stressor and it resolves. And our nervous system feels this felt sense of safety and it can return to a state of regulation. And that whole loop kind of completes really nicely with a bow on it. And then we come back to our baseline stress levels. And that's how we're intended to operate, right? Kind of like always flowing in and out, but returning back to baseline. And we just live life so differently today that so many of us, right? We don't even know what our baseline stress level probably is because it's just continuously increasing. We don't have the tools to bring a felt sense of safety to our nervous system. So our nervous system doesn't get the message that it's safe to return to regulation. It stays on alert and we can't really hold, we're not designed to hold that load of stress on our system. And that's what causes burnout um, essentially. So it's, it's, there's only one way through burnout and it's really learning how to adopt a lifestyle that supports nervous system regulation and understanding how to close that stress loop. So your body feels safe enough to return back to, to regulation and being present and 
calm and whatever, all the other things that we're seeking. I love that. I, it's crazy to think about the natural way that it was designed by creation to handle stress and that it was designed to be released. Yeah. (laughs) Because how many times do we just stay on the circle, the hamster wheel, like the exit ramp is right there. It's clearly accessible, but we just are moving too quickly. We don't, we can't see it. Yeah. Or we we don't know how, right? It's like, we're not taught these things in school. We're not, a lot of our parents didn't know and certainly couldn't teach us. So we literally don't know. Like we might've been struggling with anxiety for 15 years. We want nothing more than to experience relief from anxiety, but we literally do not know how to bring a felt sense of safety to our body. And the thing is, is that our nervous system, um, in our in our body, 80% of our nerves are afferent. And what that means is that 80% of the messaging that's going on in your body is going from your body up to your brain. So if your body <laughs> is storing away stress and sending stress signals to your brain, whether it's perceived threats or actual threats, right? But often it's perceived. Um, it doesn't matter what kind of mantras or affirmations or self-talk or whatever kind of mindset we're showing up with, because at the end of the day, in the science, it's only 20% of the messaging is coming from our brain down to our bodies. So that's why maybe if you've ever had to I don't know, public speak or something, and you're trying to tell yourself, just calm down. It's not a big deal. You got this. You're prepared. It doesn't necessarily work because you're fighting that four to one tug of war in your body. So you can't tell your body to calm down. You have to show it in a way that it understands. And our body understands safety through movement, breath, sound, gentle and appropriate touch. So it's really just a practice of learning how your particular nervous system receives a signal of safety and having tools to communicate that so you can break the the hamster wheel, right, of dysregulation and return to safety and regulation. That's cool. I can I can just feel my listeners tuning into this going, okay, great. Tell me the tools. Like what, what's one or two things that I can try when I'm in that situation? How do I communicate this to my body? Because this is great, but we're going uphill here since we have to, I didn't realize that 80% of the messages of stress going to your brain. Yeah. From your body to your brain. From your body, from the stress that's already there. Yeah. And not necessarily stress, but just the messaging in general. So if your body's sensing safety, it's sending signals of safety. If your body's sensing a threat, it's sending signals of a threat. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, if we're already stressed out, that's a lot of signals that are being communicated to the, you know, central nervous system headquarters. And then we're getting so frustrated, right? We're like, I don't, I don't have any discipline. I'm not motivated. I can't do this. And it's like, no, none of that is true. You just don't have the tools to incorporate your body in the messaging that you're trying to send. All right. So please share some secrets here. (laughs) What are some of these tools that are a good starting place? So something that's easy that anyone can do even the person that's like nope I don't I don't I don't understand this my nervous system it's it's fine it's fine I'm fine I'm handling it on my own what what can we do to just find a little bit of little bit of change sure so 
living with a healthy nervous system, right? And and imagine, even if you are listening to this and you're like, no, I'm good. I don't need any nervous system <laughs> tools. I would encourage you, um, again, to remember that literally every thought that you have, every word that you speak, every action you take is governed by the state of your nervous system. So up to 98% of the things that we do every day are unconscious, right? They're all occurring beneath our conscious awareness. So if you're sitting here and you're very quick to say, I don't need any of these tools, I would encourage you to re-explore that because I can almost guarantee that you do. We all do, right? Um, We're just not aware of it. So when it comes to regulating our nervous system and living with a a nervous system that is resilient, that can handle a lot of life coming at it without becoming um, dysregulated, some of the foundational things that I teach, and these are really lifestyle things, right? We don't get burnt out overnight. It's kind of like you were saying, it creeps up on us over time because of what? Our lifestyle, our mindsets, the ways in which we've been operating. Um, And the same is true with, you know, anxiety. It's very rare that you'll just wake up with panic attacks. This has been like a patterned way of being that leads to experiencing chronic anxiety. So some of the foundational things, I I, I always teach three, and I think these are really good practical places to start. Um, The first one is trying to get in some sort of movement every single day. Um, I'm not going to, you know, sit here and and, and get on a soapbox about exercise, but movement in any form is so helpful in regulating your nervous systems. Our bodies were created to move, right? The energy within us from our emotions and all these these things are created to move. Um, When we are in a state of fight or flight, all of the programming, all of the subconscious programming in our body is literally mobilizing our body. So if we are in fight or flight, one of the worst things that we can do is try to just sit still because we're going against every single alarm system in our body that's like move. Even just going for a walk right around your block can make such a difference. Um, So whether that is, you know, CrossFit or if it is just stretching, I encourage all my clients to get at least 10 minutes of movement in a day. Just, Just going for a walk can make such a difference in the state of your nervous system. Um, So that's the first thing. The second thing is incorporating a daily stillness practice. So, so many of us go so fast and so hard. um, And in order for our nervous system and our body to heal, in order to recover from something like burnout, right? Nothing recovers, nothing heals by just pushing harder. So we actually have to get into a practice of being still. And so many of my clients, I'll, I'll speak for myself and my clients, maybe maybe not you listening, but probably, um, are so uncomfortable with stillness. We're really good at staying busy. We're really good at you know doing all the things and working and keeping the house and making the lunches and whatever. And you ask us to just sit for 10 minutes and meditate or sit for 10 minutes and do nothing or go for a walk without our earbuds and without our phone. Um, that can feel really foreign to our bodies and to our minds. So just leaning into that and understanding how how important it is to our our overall health to learn how to be still. And then the last kind of foundational piece is play, daily play. Um, and that kind of goes right to your, you know, your word about wonder. Uh, I think so many of us kind of on this in the same vein, but we we just go um, and are doing all day long and it's work and it's duties and it's responsibilities and it's obligations. And there's not a lot of time for the things that light us up and our hobbies and our passions and the things that bring us joy and make us feel alive. And those kinds of things are really good to support a healthy nervous system. So finding, right, going back to your hobbies or creativity or art or music or um, games or anything that just brings you joy and lights you up. 
man, find a way to get back into it and re-explore it. And that's going to bring a lot of regulation to your nervous system. So those are kind of some of the really strong foundational pieces you can start to incorporate to help yourself develop um, routines that support nervous system health. I love that. That's so good. And I love that it's simple. Yeah. It's like, just move your body like 10 minutes. That's, that's an easy thing to do, but we, we think we can't, but it's just a cool, you know, way to just monitor. Okay. Like I'm going to see if I can just move 10 minutes a day. Yeah. Let's, what does that look like? What does that, you know, you could go for a walk and then you could also, like you said, not have your phone and not have your AirPods and just listen and be still in that moment. Hey, you're doing two things at once. Yes. So if you only have 10 minutes, there you go. <laughs> that is a multitasking I can stand behind. And I love also the play. I say this very much on the podcast. I'm always coming up with new ways and different ways to say, do the things that bring you joy. Find the time to actually do those things. And I've been saying it ever since this podcast began almost two years ago. And just in the last two months, I would say, I have finally started reading more consistently. And I'm like the girl who will go to the beach for vacation and will read six books in one week period. I can just commit. I get lost in a story. I'm like, oh, every book is a great book. But then life, busy, you know, working, motherhood, none of that happens. But that's been one thing I've been trying to force myself to do is like, listen, like, you love this. You love being able to just rest and to be still and to read a book that brings you joy. And I've noticed a difference just in the last few weeks, month even of, oh, okay. Like there's things that are still going on that I should be stressed about, but I'm calmer and I'm not as bothered because I'm putting that time important, like I'm placing the importance on that time. And so even if other things aren't getting done, it's like, but you're still doing what you love to do and you're still doing something that's making you happy. And, and I think, you know, also with little kids are like, play, play. And it's like, why don't we play too? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I love so much about what you're sharing because the first thing that I hear is just accountability for making the time, prioritizing the time, right? I've coached woman after woman after woman and every single one, once they've just decided, has been able to make time for play, whether it's like a C-suite executive or a stay-at-home mom with five kids, like every single one of them, because we just have to decide, right? If it's a priority, we're going to make time for it and we're going to make it happen. And then the second thing that I hear in there is I think, especially when it comes to motherhood, men, so many women have become so disconnected from their identity outside of motherhood. And they're just, I mean, it's kind of tragic, but they're just dying this slow death inside um, because they've completely lost touch <laughs> with who they are and the things that light them up and bring them joy. So, you know, understanding that We've all probably been at that, there at, to some extent, however that looked. Um, but then being like, okay, but there is something I can do about this and start to re-explore who am I, right? If not just a mom um, and what kind of things do I enjoy and how can I start to kind of just get curious again, right back to that and um, play, play around with, with some of it. I think it's super powerful. I love that. I like just shared 
in a few episodes back on like tips for like your best life this year, you know, but yeah, do the things that you truly love to do. Like the littlest actions that light you up that you don't even think about, but you can go back to as a memory and be like, Oh, that was a good day. Or that was a good moment. Or remember when it's like, well, why don't we make those remember when moments make them now? That's right. We can, we can easily do it. And so, um, I love that that's what you heard because that's definitely been a very real learning practice for me right now, which has been super fun. So, yeah, it's powerful. Um, every year my husband and I choose our own word of the year, right? A lot of people do that. Um, and last year my word of the year was joy. So that was just such a new exploration for me as someone who came from, a law background, and then really learning how to like disconnect from all the things I thought I knew um, about how I was wired and my personality and being, I don't know, all the things I thought were my personality that actually weren't, right? They were all just different coping mechanisms. So learning how to unwire a lot of that and then rewire it and incorporating play and joy. Um, And I set daily joy alarms. So I had them going off four times a day. And when they would go off, I would just dance or celebrate. But it's literally just rewiring my brain to default towards joy, which is something we all have the capacity to do is so powerful. That's amazing. The fact that you just said you had daily joy alarms. I love that. I love that so much. Why am I not doing that? Oh my goodness. I need to. And then what you just said too is so powerful that what you had thought was your personality mm-hmm. ended up just being coping mechanisms. That's right. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's probably true for a lot of us. Um, I read this book called The Five Personality Patterns, and it actually struck me so deeply that I created a whole quiz around it. And I've been like promoting this quiz. Um, So if you're curious, you can go to michellegrosser.com forward slash quiz, but I don't know how long it takes, maybe two minutes to take it. But essentially so many of the things that we think of as our personality, like for myself of the five personality patterns, I tend to fall into the rigid pattern, which is someone who has kind of been an overachiever, um, very goal oriented, achievement driven, the accolades, the higher schooling, the, you know, all of these different things, right? All of our worth as someone in that, in that space comes from the outside, right? What are the things that we can earn and achieve and get people to tell us that we're worthy of things that we're actually inherently worthy of. Um, But just all of these things that I thought were just my personality, being driven, being motivated, being responsible, being um, type A, being whatever, all of these different things, just really understanding the root, like how did I actually get like this? And then how can I actually, and, and you kind of alluded to it earlier, how can I keep all of the good things that came about from those coping mechanisms? And how can I set some boundaries and some parameters to protect myself from some of the downfalls of being in that personality pattern. So there's different personality patterns. There's um, there's a personality pattern called the merging pattern. And you're probably, if you run that pattern, you're probably someone who has developed some coping mechanisms um, that look a lot like being a great host or connector of people, or you're someone who is hyper aware and vigilant of how everyone in the room is doing. You're constantly taking people's temperatures and you're really good at maybe giving gifts. And these are all beautiful traits to have. And they arose out of some sort of need in childhood probably, right? There's a leaving pattern. 
that's marked by um, maybe the minute you feel yourself start to get overwhelmed or stressed, you just dip out, right? You like quit the job, quit the relationship, quit whatever. Um, and there's so many different other aspects of that one. But but then you're like, man, that's just how I am. And it's like, no, these are all just coping mechanisms that we've picked up. So that's super interesting. And I you know, gave myself the opportunity to just rethink myself and be like, whoa, how much of this is actually me? And how much have I just kind of picked up through the last 37 years that isn't actually mine. That's really awesome. And especially too, so many times we think like, oh, well, no, this is who I am. This is my personality. This is, you know, how I was created to be. And again, there's a lot of good truth in there. And there's a lot of really good, awesome, amazing things to be and let that be your thing and what you're known for. But also how transformative it can truly be to say, you know what, wait a minute, that's not who I am. It doesn't have to be my story. I can rewrite it. And exactly like you said, keep the good and get rid of the things that are holding me back, that are holding and restricting me and not allowing, you know, my nervous system and myself to operate the way it was designed. Yeah. Yeah. That all comes back to authenticity, right? Is kind of what I'm hearing. Like we can have a great sense of humor, but if that sense of humor comes from a wounded place and we notice that, and we're always like the loudest one in the room and making the, the, the wildest, loudest jokes. Um, and that comes from a place of wanting to be seen or recognized. That's very different than coming from a healthy place where we can contribute, right? Our, our awesome sense of humor without expecting anything to be attached to it. And that applies for, for most things that we do. Just again, curiosity, right? Getting curious. Why do I do the things I do? I love it. I am excited to take this quiz because that sounds really cool. And I had seen it on your website. I was like, okay, like personality quiz, cool. But hearing the, like the intention behind it and how it like fits in as a piece of the puzzle to everything is really cool. So I'm excited to, I'm excited to uh, check that out. Yeah. Yeah. You should. And then send me an email with, with your personality pattern and what you think. (laughs) I need to do that. Like, okay, this is where I'm at. What's going on here? Yeah. Well, how can people work with you? How can they, obviously they need to go add a new podcast to their weekly rotation with the Calm Mom podcast. I was very adding a lot to my library this morning. I was like, ooh, yes, good, good, good. Um, But how can they work with you closer or find more about you? Yeah, yeah. So my podcast, The Calm Mom, is definitely the best place to find me. Um, You can also go to my website, michellegrosser.com. We just released um, a couple months ago a private podcast series called Heal Your Burnout. So if you go to michellegrosser.com forward slash burnout, there are five episodes there. Um, all about the signs and symptoms of burnout, what stage of burnout you're at, and then my six-step framework to healing burnout. So you can access all of that for free. That's amazing. That's amazing that that's all for free too, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to go listen to that for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> well, I have one final question. And this is a question that I ask every single guest on the podcast. But of course, you are on the best day podcast, so I have to know, what does your best day look like? My best day looks like a day of ease and flow with no shoulds or have tos. So I'm thinking of a day, right, where I got to 
wake up and do all of the things that I feel like I want to do that day. So whether that is sit down and bust out some work and record some podcast episodes, and that's what I do. If it's picking up my kids early from school and playing hooky and bringing them to the beach, then it's that. And if it's just laying in the backyard with a good book all afternoon and not feeling bad about it, then then that sounds like a good day to me. I love that. Doing whatever feels like is needed mm-hmm. in the moment. That's right. Well, Michelle, thank you so much for being here. I feel like I've learned so much and I am excited to continue to be curious and to have that sense of wonder and work with our nervous system so we can be better humans and better moms and just live life the way it was intended to live. Beautiful. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed being here with you. Thank you so much. Have the best day. Well, wasn't that good? I know I was blown away through this conversation as I felt challenged and encouraged and just excited to utilize these three simple tools to actually avoid burnout, to be more in tune with myself, to take better care of my nervous system. And I'm feeling really pumped up and motivated to take this with me, add it to my toolkit as we go out and live each day, trying to live as that best version of ourselves. I truly hope that this episode resonated with you. I hope you feel encouraged. I hope you are excited and ready and eager to go out this week today and make it count and to live with purpose and live with intention and to go be the person you are to all the people in your life because they love you. You are valued. You are treasured. And I am so thankful for you. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. I cannot wait to do this again with you next week. Until then, friend, have the best day. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Best Day Podcast. Looking for more? Be sure to subscribe to never miss an episode and have guaranteed inspiration delivered to you weekly. Looking for an accountability group focused on encouragement, positive mindset, and intentional living? Come join the Best Day Facebook group or connect with us over on Instagram at the Best Day Podcast. And remember, your voice matters. Your presence matters. You are valued and your life is a treasure. You are absolutely capable of living your best life every single day in grace and freedom. Until next time, have the best day, friends.